everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of News and Brews, Columbus Business First uh, podcast about uh, news and also brews. Uh, I'm Eleanor, uh, and I am here with, for the first time on the podcast, Carrie Gosh. And Doug Buchanan. Mark Summerson. And Dan. And we are today drinking uh, a spotted cow from New Glarus Brewing Company. Loyal listeners will know that I was recently in Wisconsin, uh, which is where I acquired this beer that you can only get in Wisconsin. Drink Wisconsinly, as they say. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Oh, that was not a good sound opening it. All right. It's up to you, Dan. Yeah. Make it work. Oh, for the sound effect? Yes. Yeah. Ah. Oh, like a pro. Very nice. <laughs> like a pro. Cheers. So has, has Cheers. everyone had this before? Yes. All right. uh, but it's been a long time, so I don't remember it. I think the first time I had it was when I was up there, just... When you were at like teenager at camp? No. no. I was lame <laughs> when I was a teenager. So yeah, my, my role here is your, your token Wisconsin native. Yes. yes. Oh. So, yeah, I, I've been drinking New Glarus since Ufta Bach. Um, <laughs> so, no, I, I uh, core Wisconsin right off the bat. And also, you know, hot tip is you're right to buy it farther inland because there is a in Kenosha. There's this great place called the Mars Cheese Castle. Yeah, love stopping. Drive by the Mars Cheese Castle every summer. But it is a total Illinois trap. So ah. it's the first like big store you mm-hmm. come to. Is that uh, like Grandpa's cheese like barn? I was thinking about Grandpa's cheese barn up on 71. Don't, yeah. don't degrade the cheese castle. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually never cheese? gone inside the cheese castle. It's oh, just you went always, in. No, I've never been oh, you've in. Never been, okay. But we, you know, driving to this camp every year growing up, there were many, like, landmarks along the way, and right. the cheese castle was one of them. So my heart was warmed when I drove up there a couple yeah, weeks ago. Yeah, it, it's, it's like a kind of a gourmet snacks grocery mm-hmm. you know a kringle bakery and, and your cheese and sausage and Did your parents they know? charge like 20 bucks for a 12 pack that you can get for 14 at the pick and save in milwaukee so, pick and save so in much milwaukee. so much wisconsin knowledge <laughs> yeah this is why we had carry yes. yeah. what were you gonna I have to done? well first off uh, I, I i don't i did not understand when you first had uh the spotted cow uh, you said, um, no, that just the breweries. But I like when I still how many years? It was many many years back. I was probably still working in Michigan. I went back home, and my friend said, "You gotta try this new beer. It's called Oof Da Bach." So it was a a uh, dark beer made by New Glarus. Oh. <laughs> <Spotted laughs> now we were all just wondering what the hell you were saying. <laughs> I thought you dialect or something like. <laughs> So they have they have many beers. They have you know two women because you know uh, women started brewing the ancient art, and the brewery is woman owned. I did yes. not oh, know my that. actual woman favorite they light. do is called Moon Man, mm-hmm. and uh, recent sampler pack had a lager called Totally Naked, which is oh. such a not Wisconsin thing to say. <laughs> so because of the mosquitoes and the cold. <laughs> In the cheese. I'm a fan of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so where's New Glarus? Somewhere in the middle. I mean, so the, 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 the <laughs> yeah. So this is not South an Central. accurate representation. No, that's, that's, that's okay. probably right. So. All right. The map. Yeah, there's a map. Is there anything else to be known about New Glarus? Well, they only distribute in Wisconsin. 
feel like that's mm-hmm. the big like thing about them, right? Mm-hmm. They really hate old glares. No, I, <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, exactly. uh, and despite despite the limited um, distribution, they're one of the you know fifty, and have consistently been one of the fifty largest craft brewers for for some time now. Really? So even though they they only do Wisconsin, they're very popular there. Because mm. it's such like a a brand thing, though. I feel like if you go to Wisconsin, you gotta get some new glares. That's glaris. where I got it the first time was visiting my brother in Madison, and he said, "Have you had new glares?" They do some really really wonderful like fruit beers, like Belgian style sours. Okay that are amazing, better than a, a lot of things you can find. They're just not easy to find. Mm. Uh, I think even in Wisconsin, they're tough. They yeah, I've never seen that. Strawberry rhubarb beer that's very <laughs> <good>. <laughs> a sour cherry. Um, some sour really cherry good stuff. Yeah. My mom Where are you getting them? I know people. <laughs> okay. My mom used to grow rhubarb for the sole purpose of making my grandpa like two strawberry rhubarb pies a year. Pies yeah. a year, and I was like, this seems like a waste of everyone's effort. And then we have rhubarb in our house, and mm. no one wants that. So spotted cow. Rhubarb yeah, right. Rhubarb's great. They're hard pies. to get rid of once you start them. Yeah, it's in a raised bed, so it can't escape. No one, no one likes rhubarb. <laughs> pies are my life, Dan. So spotted cow is would be their flagship beer. Is that fair to say? Quite. Everywhere oh. you go, it's ah, if you, if you go in a gas station, this is one they have, and then maybe there'll be some other variety next to it. Um, yeah, follow, you have to go to a larger store to they, to they get the the, word the I moon love man. Saying. Yeah, yeah. who's the best German accent in here? Oh, definitely Carrie. Definitely mm-hmm. Carrie. Yeah, I've lived in Ohio almost longer than I've lived in Wisconsin. It's, it's catching up. So, are you asking me to read this? Yes. Just that one part where it says they mm-hmm. adhere purity to the law. purity law, and I, I can't Dan say Dan will know oh. how to actually say it. But Spotted yeah. cow adheres to the Reinheitsgebot purity <laughs> law using only four hand-selected all-natural ingredients. Yeast, hops, water, and malted barley. I think I, I, think I just... I just <laughs> trended into Chicago a little yeah, bit there. Yeah. <laughs> so region of the, the country. Whole, yeah, there's the gradation from yeah. the bears to you got Arby's on you. <laughs> so the way that my husband does a Chicago accent to make fun of me is he just goes, Icog. That is his impression of how sh- people from Chicago say Chicago. Yeah, it so. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I sound less like my sisters and more like Marge Gunnarsson when I try to bring back the accent. Because uh, my dad didn't have the accent. Well, the oh. rest of this label tells us that we should expect this ale to be fun, fruity, and satisfying. It is fun. Uh, it is definitely satisfying. I don't you know, know you're fruity, in Wisconsin I, when you see the spotted cow. <laughs> and I don't know about the fun. I, I feel like I have fun sometimes when I drink beer, but beer's not fun, is it? Beer fun? The heck? It can be I, fun. I have okay. fun with beer. Yeah. I have fun with beer, but I just what don't pick up beer and go down. Yeah, yeah, what is, is, <laughs> I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. Yeah. I beer is fun. I mostly find this to be a very, like, standard beer. Uh, yeah. You know, it tastes like a beer. So. It's approachable. Yes. Yes. It is. Drinkable. You, you it has wanna, a little bite. Right. I, I would love a cheese curd. It's not with a PBR. It. Would you love a cheese curd with this? I mean, I'd love a cheese curd almost ever. No, so they squeak when you bite them. Yes, I'm not, they do. It's, they're kind of weird. Yes, they are. I, I'm going to lose my birth certificate for that. But I know. You're nice there, yeah. Missy. I'm going to send you oh. back to Chicago. I like the sharp cheddar, sharp cheddar spreads. Those are and good. the you singers. 
Eleanor, lead us off. What do you think about this uh, th- beer by New Glarus? I mean, I think it's pretty standard. I, I would drink it, and I'm drinking it. I feel like it's... I'm Googling New Glarus to try and find out things about them. And the first Google question, always risky, but the first Google question is, are you going to be providing your strawberry rhubarb beer to Wisconsin stores this spring? Oh. So, and the person who answered it said, found it at Gooseberry's store in Burlington, Wisconsin today. It's a fantastic beer. So anyways, yeah, I find this to be very drinkable. This is my type of beer. I don't I don't need to be challenged by beer. So, <laughs> Gary, what do you think of it? It's, it's uh, I'll reach for it when it's there, but um mm-hmm. w- when when in Wisconsin would uh yes. would select the Moon Man instead. I, I can't say this enough. Moon Man, go there. <laughs> Doug? I think this is a very very easy to drink beer that's nothing challenging about it uh you know hoppy or sour or anything uh, and i think it's terrific yeah i'm sorry i'm going to interrupt comments nope. on the beer to say that according to wikipedia nuclearis was founded in 1993 by deborah carey as a gift for her husband which i feel like starting a brewery as a present for someone is like getting them a puppy or a car or like any other like very demanding present. I just hope there was an oversized bow. On <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan, what do you think of the beer? Uh, I love it. I'm a fan. I am. Uh, I am increasingly drawn to beers that aren't uh, super heavy and hazy, and I'm just burning out on a lot of stuff. And so to sit here and drink this is uh, a very pleasant experience. And if I had regular access to this, I suspect it'd be in my kind of rotation of a couple of beers that could just always be in my fridge. I've also learned from the Wikipedia. Dan's this is old. what journalists should do. Did used to distribute in Illinois, but in 2003 uh, pulled out of Illinois to focus on the only in Wisconsin strategy. Hmm. Yeah, they'll go I mean, down and uh, bust bars who try to sell it in Illinois. Uh-huh. Really? They, they don't deserve it in Illinois. No. Well, in, in, in not know, the way they drive, not not to detract from the uh, fun too much, but it, that was almost some foresight on on their part because, as we've talked about before, uh, with preponderance of breweries out there now, the way to go seems to be sort of staying within your region or yeah. your state borders. So whether that was you know luck or brains, the fact that they sort of retracted and just focused on Wisconsin, um, in retrospect, is probably pretty smart. It seems like that's the, the, the folks that are doing well now is that you, yeah. you have to sort of do better in a, in a tighter area. You can't scatter the way. You don't want to overextend yourself. And you it don't. seems from the limited number of people I know from Wisconsin, but my brother's one of them and Carrie, um, that they, they feel like they own this beer. That there mm-hmm. is ownership among those Wisconsinites. Mm-hmm. So it is the preeminent Wisconsin craft beer at this point? Yeah, because Lion Kugels is a bigger name, but it's no longer craft because it got acquired by Miller, which is also owned by something bigger. Are are they one of the InBev? Miller, no, Miller Coors is its its own. Miller Coors, sorry. You're that that guy. I just know know that nothing in Wisconsin (laughs) is owned in Wisconsin anymore except this. And, you know, there's a lot of city breweries. uh, Sprecher. You used to be able to get some Sprecher here when Anderson still existed. Um, I've only had the root beer. Yeah, the beers are good, too. Yeah, it's just fierce loyalty and ownership and affection. Amongst my very beer-loving family, and there's, there's also a brewery called Point in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, where my brother went to college. Um, they've gotten more, uh, they're they're trending more towards the craft 
that they used to be a commodity beer. Same with uh, Rhinelander, <laughs> um, which went out of business for a while, and it's been acquired, and they're they're trying to bring it back and actually open a brew pub. Is Wisconsin known for craft beer? Is that a state where it's it's starting to grow, or is it already there? I don't know I, much about their... I, I won't pretend to know a ton about Wisconsin craft beer. I'm sure they're growing because everyone is growing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there's such a rich, obviously, yeah. beer history there that, that I'm sure there are plenty of places to, to find good yeah. beer. Especially Milwaukee, known mm-hmm. for its... Especially old Milwaukee. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say about old Milwaukee. <laughs> We're off the rails. In, in the no, you don't pronounce the L. It's Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Okay. And whatever the beer was that um, uh, Laverne and Shirley made. I was oh, it was, it was called. Shirley joke. I knew one was coming. It was called Shots. Shots. Which was a play on Schlitz. And they actually showed the old Schlitz brewery, which became oh, then a Pillsbury plant and then was torn down. You could see it from <gasps> the fourth down? floor of my high school. Ah. Yeah. Which gone. was better? Because I've never had either, Blatz or Schlitz. <laughs> They're both still out there, although I'm, I'm sure the recipe has changed. Um, I haven't had a Blatz in a while, but I've had Schlitz in the last year or two. There's some bars around town you can find it. Schlitz? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes Blatz, too. You ever had the beer Schlitz? It's been literally decades since I've had a Schlitz. Although I did have Old Milwaukee last year. Did you? Yeah. My dad's uh, brew was the Milwaukee's Best, which oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. is known for its <clears throat> great water supply, actually. Very pure water. Milwaukee you're, you're, on you're the whole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, no, Milwaukee's Best, the brand, uh-huh. uses a very, some kind of spring. Pure hangover. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Carrie, do you have to go uh, be a reporter? I do. Oh. There was a company acquired, and the CEO is supposed to call me right can you, now. Can you give us your Tell best you Wisconsin goodbye? We never say goodbye. You just oh. you say, oh, oh, we got to go. And then you, you <laughs> sit there and talk for another 10 minutes while your kids oh, tug God. on your shirt. <laughs> so, got to go. <laughs> <laughs> We'll be back. <laughs> that was so cute. Uh, speaking of deals and breweries and buying things, Dan, what's the haps? Big beer news in Ohio this week as Anheuser-Busch uh, emerged from its two years of not buying any breweries after several years of buying several breweries oh, wow. to buy Platform, which is uh, Cleveland-based, but certainly people here in Columbus know it well. They opened a distribution center of sorts and a, a tap room here in Columbus a couple of years ago, but um, Anheuser-Busch acquired them for an undisclosed sum. It's, I mean, it's a pretty fascinating deal in part because ABI, Anheuser-Busch InBev, has been quiet for a little while here on the craft brew front. Platform has built uh, an interesting business. They have, uh, in addition to, they have a, a taproom in Cleveland, taproom in Columbus, taproom in Cincinnati. They have a large brewery, a large brewery in Cleveland does about forty. I think it's got a capacity for about capacity for about forty five thousand barrels a year. Currently, I think they're among the five larger largest brewers in craft brewers in the state. Um, that would be larger than anyone in Columbus if they were at that you know, operating at that full capacity, 45. They're bigger than Columbus Brewing. Yeah, yeah. Columbus Brewing and BrewDog are both in the kind of mid-20s to almost 30 range. 
So so platform, <clears throat> okay. you know, has has scaled up pretty quick. And they're what about, five years old, right? Yeah. yeah. And what about platform? Do you think was appealing to? Um, uh, the, I think the big thing was geography. If you look at what, uh, from from conversations I've had, and, and Anheuser-Busch has also acknowledged this, that, you know, a lot of the formerly craft breweries that Anheuser-Busch acquired from 2013 to 2016, they or 2017, they bought 10 breweries in that time uh, to go with Go- uh, Goose Island, which they had acquired in uh, 2011. Mm-hmm. But other than Goose Island, which is in Chicago, those 10 breweries they bought tend to be on the in the south, mid-Atlantic, kind of mountains and west coast and they they left the midwest fairly untouched so oh, okay. um, the, the the thought seems to be a lot of the appeal of platform uh was to get a foothold in ohio which as we've reported uh previously is a, is a big beer state we are big beer consumers uh-huh. um there's a lot of beer production here <clears throat> and you know anheuser Bush came in and bought one of you know probably the five largest craft producers in the state now so that gives anheuser Bush. Uh, tap rooms in this state platform was self-distributed they will now be folded into anheuser-busch's you know distribution network mm-hmm. which means they'll probably get more space on store shelves yeah of course and other places and, can you do me a favor and yeah. <clears throat> do a little role playing can you sure. play the um typical or maybe uber craft beer aficionado and what they would say at that news sure those guys. <laughs> oh my lord. I just want to say <laughs> my favorite brewery for much of my life, my beer consuming life, was Devil's Backbone. And I have found no problem with the acquisition of Anhe- uh, by Anheuser Busch, except for there's been a benefit, which is that it's much easier for me to get Devil's Backbone yeah. beer now. So that's, so, so. So that's, that's, the, that's the, the, the argument is. Yeah. is uh, again, that was me role playing. You know, yes. we're, 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 uh, we're, we're a, a business publication here, and we've had this conversation with with other brewers. Right. And, and the reality is, it's a it's an it's is is fun and is as carefree as the industry may seem. It sometimes it's expensive, like yeah. it's hard oh, to yeah. do. And these are a lot of people that put their own money and time and sweat and the investment of others into these businesses. So at some point, if someone comes along and wants to offer you X amount and promises you hey you can still run the place you can do what you want right to a degree there's obviously going to be some level of control yeah. you know it's hard i you know i i, I can't fault a, a business owner for wanting to do a deal like that now the flip side is that you know the people that are na- you know down on it uh and you know there's some legitimacy legitimacy to that as well and that the big problem people have with anheuser-busch doing things like this is that now these are sort of almost trojan horsed craft beers and maybe the general public doesn't care but certainly a lot of people care about the independence independent ownership in the industry and oh, with anheuser-busch anheuser-busch buying up now they own 12 uh 12 formerly craft brands <clears throat> to the average consumer that doesn't mean anything they like you know oh i platform it's good beer i'll drink it again uh, but to a lot of people, that's that you, you know, mean, sort of invasion on territory. Even if the beer never changes, there's right. sort of a philosophical issue of well, now you know this money is going to right. If you're Anheuser buying, Bush, right. it's if you're not going. Platform. It's not going to the dude around the corner that I know that runs right. that brewery. Right. You know, and I'd much rather spend my money with that guy around the corner right. who's still gutting us out. And like Eleanor and, and uh, Devil's Backbone, I'm the same way with Ballast Point. I mm-hmm. love Ballast Point, and I won't give it up even though it was sold. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, look, I guess to yeah. Dan's point, the other thing with the 
the Devil's Backbone thing is I was very happy for the people who had started Devil's Backbone. And I was, you know, I'm not yeah. going to begrudge these people who gave me something that I loved. But to your other point, yeah, if you don't want to buy the beer anymore, then that's fine. Because yeah. the people who used to sell it to you aren't yeah. the ones selling it to you I mean, are we supposed anymore? to get mad at an entrepreneur that, that, you know, works their tail off? Builds up a product and then exits, or at least stays on with it with more money coming in. Well, you know, but it, it's interesting. It's just the difference of of an industry. You know, there's a lot of industries. This would be a great conversation to have actually carry carry in the room still with us because you know some of the industry she covers. That's the plan all along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a that's a moment. These moments, these acquisitions are are joyful. This is a success. This right. is an achievement. And not that that isn't the case in beer to some degree, but there's also because of the culture of beer and because of of this sort of battle mentality that a lot of people have within that world, mm-hmm. um, it is seen as it, it's not seen in just those terms, or yeah. it's not seen in those terms. I mean, at all. just on it's social media, after your story went up, mm-hmm. it was it was pretty quick that yeah. there was a lot of negative comments toward platform, like I'll yeah. never drink this beer again. Mm-hmm. They're dead to me, and they immediately made the out list. I sure. don't remember whose list that is, yeah. but. <clears throat> they're now on the not craft beer list and yeah it, yeah it was pretty swift to continue this devil's advocate you know the benefits are there's probably going to be more consistency there's certainly going to be a wider reach so if you do like platform whether you're in ohio or, or probably other states to to some degree you're going to get it's there's going to be easier access to it you know platform they're an interesting acquisition because uh, they they only have a couple of core beers, uh, and because they're, they're mostly known for having, they're kind of all over the place. Yes. Not yeah. you know, it's some insane. people see it as a bad thing, some people see it as a good thing, but they make a lot of different beers by their own estimation. They did two hundred some last year. <clears throat> they have recipes for about six hundred, which I mean that's just that's interesting to fit in with Anheuser Busch, which if you look at you know what they did with Goose Island. Now that was years ago, but you know, they kind of took a couple of Goose Island's core beers and put them out there, you know, kind of expanded them wide and uh, allow Goose Island to still sort of experiment. So I suppose that model's there, but I wonder, you know, I don't know what platforms core beers have that Anheuser-Busch can't already offer or sell through, you know, I wonder how much the, how much importance the tap rooms are there. They're also, I, I did mention this earlier, they're adding another space in Cleveland for sour beers. They're also doing a Pittsburgh space. So it'll be intriguing to see if this is a play for Anheuser-Busch to take actually more physical space, more tap rooms. Well, I was going to ask, and, and does when typically when Anheuser-Busch buys a craft brewery, do they still just have the brewing done at those craft breweries, or do, do they do some of them at their mega plant? Yeah, I think it depends on the brewery, Goose Island, again. That's that's sort of an extreme example because they've been with Anheuser-Busch, you know, eight, eight, nine years now, I think. So, but I believe, you know, some of their core beers are actually done at the larger breweries. In the, yeah, in the, I think they're brewed in New York yeah. now, not yeah. in Chicago. Really? And, um, and I believe, I don't know, somebody's Goose, gonna And, you know, the, the actual brewery in Chicago is still allowed to do some of its specialties, like, like sure. Bergen County and 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 things along those lines. So, you know, maybe I, I would imagine for the immediate future, Platform is probably still going to brew Platform. I don't know that, you know, um, the Columbus Brewery here is going to suddenly start doing Speed Merchant. So for now, maybe Anheuser-Busch won't be making fun of craft brewers. 
It was, you know, one of the comments I saw was uh, uh, someone said, remember, you know, what was it, one or a couple Super Bowls ago where they, mm-hmm. they, yeah, where they, uh, where they ran year. an ad making fun of, uh, of Fruity Beers. Now, they already actually owned breweries that did sure. yeah. Fruity right. Beers. Right. But, uh, but if you have any familiarity with Platform, you know, they, they do, do a lot, lot of sours. They, they do, do a lot of fruit sours, infusions. Yeah. So those commercials weren't aimed at the Platform drinker, you know. So. Well, let's shift to a smaller brewery. One that hasn't been acquired yet, hasn't even opened yet. Yeah, in the last week, I talked with brewery entrepreneur, a gentleman named Anthony Perry, who wants to open a brewery on the east side of Columbus. And part of the reason he wants to do this is he is from that side of town, and he is black. And that that is of note because there aren't a lot of black owners in craft beer. I was talking with Anthony and of the... 7,000 breweries or so across the U.S., uh, only around 50 are black-owned breweries, mm. and he wants to join those ranks. It's still uh, it's still pretty early. He says he has some investment. Um, he has had discussions uh, with people about getting uh, a location in the King Lincoln or Old Town East neighborhoods. What's he going to call it? Crafted Culture. Okay. Crafted Culture is the name that, that he is operating under. He just talked about um, being a fan of craft beer. He's been in the industry for several years as a, as a, as a sales rep. And, uh, but also growing up in East Columbus, you know, he has childhood friends that don't drink craft beer because it just wasn't part of their culture. Sure. And yeah. he has craft beer friends that, you know, don't go to the East side of Columbus and they don't go to, uh, you know, cookouts that he would, that, that the cookouts that he would go to with his old friends. And so his plan is to bring those two ideas together, have a place that would be sort of barbecue centric. Uh, with smoked meats, fish fries, uh, but also have craft beer, be a craft brewery, and be something for those communities he grew up in. Because he sees, and, and I think he's right, there's probably a real opportunity there for something like that. What's his uh, timetable? When does he want to open? He's hoping within the next year or two, there's there's a specific project he has his eyes on. There have been no official discussions about it, but that could prolong the the opening just because that project hasn't fully moved forward yet. Um, but it's an interesting idea and, and, you know, it's an industry that, you know, really could use, uh, diversity, mm-hmm. certainly in, in ownership. And, um, I believe one of the other interesting facts he shared is about 10% of craft beer sales are, uh, to the African American community. So, mm-hmm. so, so there is a market out there uh, that is un- underserved. Yeah, there's, 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 the there's, there's a market sure. that's not being, uh, uh, spoken to and, mm-hmm. and, you know, I went for the Ohio Craft Brewers Conference earlier this year. One of the keynotes uh, was the person leading the diversity efforts for the National Brewers Association, and uh, that was her topic. Was was it, it wasn't you know about uh, you know to be frank, it wasn't about you know sort of sort of a, a pandering message. It was it was the reality of of there are people out there, people of color, uh, women. You know, people people of different sexual orientations who aren't being marketed to, but they're already buying your beer. So you know, this isn't about liberal whatever. This is just smart business. There sure. are people out there that are drinking this who aren't being courted by a lot of the people in the industry, and it's not necessarily, you know, it's just it's just that lack of 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 knowledge. You know, it's not necessarily a a nefarious thing that people aren't welcome though you know there are certainly aspects of craft beer that i think aren't welcoming to people sure but it's more just good business that there are customers out there that you can get if you kind of open up your mind to 
um, how to approach them. Yeah, you don't want to close your market down. You want to open it up to mm-hmm. everybody. Let's shift to uh, one of my favorite breweries, and they're... Daftig Brewing up in the Worthington area. Uh, they've been working on a second taproom in Italian Village. It's been underway for a while. They actually had their, their tanks, their whole system delivered this week. But the newest bit of news is that they've started a Kickstarter campaign to help uh, raise some money to sort of finish the last bits. They're still targeting a September opening. Again, talking with uh, Jim Gokenbach, the uh, the owner, he said the goal of the Kickstarter isn't, you know, it's not the big stuff. The big stuff's paid for. The big stuff's coming. But they have some, you know, odds and ends they'd like to to put into place. And, and they're just, they see Kickstarter as a way to... Uh, you know, potentially drum up Mm -hmm. that support. What do you think the um, new location will do for this brewery? It's going to be big for them. You know, part of their, their a little off the beaten path, you know, in, in Worthington, you kind of have to know where you're going to find them. You're not, not many people are going to stumble on them. Hmm. So that's going to be different at the corner of fifth and summit. Sure. I believe. Somewhere yes. around Fifth there. And yeah. Fifth and Summit. Yeah, Fifth and Summit, um, where they're going to have a nice big sign <clears> and, and big glass windows and showing all that activity going in there. And a lot of people who maybe aren't familiar with them are suddenly going to be familiar with them because they're going to be right there on that street. And the best part for the people who live in that neighborhood and can walk to it, you can walk home because <laughs> their beers are heavy duty. Yes, they. Uh, uh, that is part of their shtick. They make... High, uh, high power, high test beers. So walking home is, if you can, is a great thing. <laughs> so yeah, I think this is going to do gangbusters for them. Uh, having yeah, a, I think it'll be a huge. neighborhood yeah. tap room. Hey Dan, let's wrap this up. <laughs> all right, all right. Eleanor and Carrie both had to step out, so I will sign us out. Thank you for listening to this week's news and brews. We will be back in the future to talk about more news and brews. Thanks. Bye.